There was a piece on the radio that I was listening to the other day um, commenting that uh, through the uh, international media, through um, the, the vast number of TV channels that now exist and the ready access to the internet, that young people are increasingly as aware of other cultures and other ways of thinking as they are of their own home context. And that's particularly true about American and Australian culture because, of course, they speak the same language as us and, um, or at least they kind of speak the same language as us, don't they? And, and of course, that's part of the issue because the context is different and the language is different. Even when I was growing up as a child, how we pronounce that 26th letter of the alphabet depended on where you were hearing it from. At home, at school, in this country, we might say the letter Z. But then I might have watched Sesame Street and heard it as a Z. On the west coast of Scotland and some of the other bits, the letter that where I grew up we pronounced as J was often pronounced up in Glasgow and Paisley and beyond as Jai. But cultures change. And what we're used to changes in generations. As we read Philippians, we must remember the context of the people of that city and the sort of language that they used. It was in Macedonia. So we might think, well, it's Greek. We might give it a very Greek feel in our thinking. Might imagine that was their culture, well, a sort of a, a poverty that we might hear of in the region. But of course, that doesn't fit with Philippi. It was predominantly not Greek, but Roman. And so they thought in Roman ways quite different from how the people thought of things in Athens. It was near Philippi where, following the assassination of Julius Caesar, the, uh, the, there was a civil war coming to conclusion. 42 BC. And the officers that, and soldiers that had fought there settled there. They didn't return home to Rome. And so... About 80 years on, a generation or two later, there's a lot of Roman blood in society. The men of the legion had been released once the peace came. 
And so the city was under the rule of two Roman officers. There was a forum that was there for entertainment. And it increasingly expanded. The, the person that we know best of coming from Philippi is Lydia, who used to worship outside of the city, a city that was not big enough to found a synagogue, not enough Jewish men. And this woman who Paul baptised when he visited sold purple cloth to wealthy Romans. That's the nature of the place. And Paul, who knows the place, uses the language of the place. He has this vision of pressing on to take hold, this sense of a prize. He's thinking of those things that went on at the forum, the athletics, the competition, the battles that might have been fought in a more friendly manner too. A sense of a prize that Paul thinks of, though, is Christ. We press on, and the, con- uh, the competitor summons his strength to press on, to do their utmost, to try their hardest, to come close to Christ. And Paul continues with the language, the common language of the city. And he talks of enemies, of destruction, of citizenship, and of standing firm. Things that those with a military heritage would be familiar with. And then he puts in a word that we are familiar with. And a word that they were familiar with too, but in a different context. He declares Jesus Christ as saviour. Something that we're well used to. But for Roman citizens, the idea of saviour is to think of emperor. It is the one in charge of the nation who is the one who saves them, the one that leads the battles and is the crown. To an early church, to a semi-Roman church, a letter with the term saviour could be a bit like a hand grenade in the wrong hand. It could cause a lot of trouble. Paul wants to cause a bit of trouble. 
he wants to be provocative, rather like a stand-up comic that uses swear words. You know, yeah, they do it to provoke the reaction. So much so that nowadays it maybe doesn't, and it's just foul-mouthed usage. Paul wants the emphasis heard. He wants that word to make them sit up and listen and pay respect to Jesus Christ. And he wants us to sit up too. Only perhaps we are so used to hearing the word saviour that it doesn't have the same impact with us. And there is a danger that as we think of Jesus, we don't have that enormous reverence, that great respect. There is a danger that as we consider him our brother, we forget he is also our king. Paul does something more than that. And he takes the conversation on a bit further too. We've got this sporting thing, this military thing, and then he talks about crying. He weeps for the enemy. He weeps for them. I doubt the French rugby team shed tears over England's loss at the weekend. Or the Irish over Scotland's. But Paul was concerned about the loser. The one that doesn't get the prize. We press on to get the prize but there's some that don't. When we think of those who are not in the kingdom, does it drive us to tears? Be it those in our family or of our friends or maybe those that we only see on television that we know don't see Jesus the Christ as saviour does it move us to tears and does it move us to action it moved Paul incredibly he's not in tears because of fear he's not in tears because he's concerned about how they would persecute the church he cries because he wants them to be able to know the same love of God as he experienced on the road to Damascus. The overwhelming power that does not look at the past of the individual, that looks not behind, but looks ahead and calls us to repent and to be renewed and to move forward in his spirit. 
the desire for all to have that prize. And that, of course, is what led Paul to engage in mission. Now, Apostle writes to Philippi because he wanted Christians to know that the finishing line or the final whistle, the time that Christians will know is not simply when we first turn to the Lord, not when we first become a church member, not when we are baptised, but the finishing line is something that we have to keep striving for, that we always have to keep running even when our legs are weak, even when we can't physically jump and leap. But we need to keep stretching ourselves, keep scoring, and we do it by encouraging others in their faith. God calls us to be his church, to be his team, let us serve doing all we can for his purpose with tears for those that do not know and do not belong to that same team with us as we engage and push harder. Amen.